Welcome to Ozark Traditions TV Podcast, a place where outdoor topics are discussed. Now sit back as today's host brings you the outdoors inside. Ozark Traditions in the great outdoors. Welcome back to Ozark Traditions TV Podcast. We have a special guest with us tonight. Matt Sherman from Man Burst Deer will be here with us. Matt Sherman. How yes, has your how has your weekend went this weekend for deer hunting? It was terrible. I had to work, <laughs> but uh, sometimes uh, I can get out, you know, a little bit before work and do some scouting. And I did that, and I was actually able to locate some pretty decent buck signs. So I got this weekend off, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to uh, start closing in on something good. That's good. TJ. What about you? Oh, I, I, uh, well, I put a lot of time in, which I get to hunt with the way my job works. Sounds like it's way better than your guys' job. Uh, I get to hunt just about every night, and it helps that I live a half a mile from where I hunt at, so I don't have very far to travel. But, uh, I, we didn't kill any deer this weekend, but definitely seen a lot. Uh, I've been taking my wife trying to get her a deer. Uh, and she hasn't seen a buck. She, I guess she's thinking that we're hunting the bucks of Tecumani Ranch because 125-inch <laughs> deer is not good enough for her. So we're still looking for the, the mega giant. And then my little boy, uh, I can't hold him off the does. So <laughs> I, I, he wants to shoot a buck. I don't know. I want him to shoot a buck, I think, more than he wants to shoot one. But I don't know. I held him off of two nights ago and he hasn't he's been kind of mad at me since then so i may just have to let him kill whatever maybe next year he can kill a buck but i don't know we're seeing deer not seeing any real big big deer but a lot of deer uh i haven't really hunted any acorn flats yet i was getting ready to yesterday and it decided the thunderstorm so i had to get the heck out of there but uh mostly all i've been hunting still greenfields what about you, Matt Miller? What have you been up to, buddy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been doing a little hunting. Um, this weekend was Don't leave out uh, any details. Yeah. Uh, so I got to take my wife again Saturday, and <laughs> somehow a, uh, a drainage ditch in one of our fields jumped out in front of my truck, and I drove it off in there, wrecked the truck on the way to the deer stand, and so I told my wife, I was like, it's either I walk back to the house, get the tractor to pull the truck out, or we just leave it and we walk on and go hunt. So she voted to just go ahead and go hunt. And she said, I can deal with that tomorrow. So we went up and hunted. And then of course the thunderstorms rolled in and we got soaking wet and then had to walk all the way home. We didn't see a single deer. So, uh, yeah. Can't wait to go again. Looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, like I was telling you guys earlier, I walked all the way to my tree stand tonight and forgot a camera arm. And I really don't know how you do that, but I did it. So it on, a positive note, on a positive note, Matt, at least your wife made the right choice in that situation. Right. right. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's a real trooper. I mean, you wrecked the truck and she's still ready to go hunting. That's 
saying yeah, I, something right there. I, I, I bounced her head off the cab of the truck, and she's like, ah, let's just go hunting anyway. So, yeah, she, might, she might make it in this industry after all. You never right? know. Yeah. <laughs> if she's going to hunt with us, she's got to be tough. You can't let a I little want, thing like wrecking a truck stop you. That's right. I want to know how you didn't know that drainage ditch was there. Oh, I knew it was there. Yeah. It just so, grew a little bit. I've got I've got a food pot at the far end of this big field, and I honestly I was kind of looking over there at the food pot, seeing how good it was growing, you know, and driving along and talking to her and telling her where we were going to go into this set at, and then just drove off in it. What? Thank God I was going slow. I was I just kind of poking along, but it was uh it was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, don't be tearing up the recovery unit. That's all I'm saying. If, right. If the listeners want to see this. Get on the Ozark Traditions TV Facebook page and ask for it. I'm sure he will post it there. If you ask oh, me. I want the before and after <laughs> pictures too. Because yeah. not only did he wreck this thing, but he has, it's actually worked out because now they have a really awesome bumper on the front of this thing. Right. And his dad has cardboard bumper. And I told Matt to just <laughs> spray paint it because it looks so awesome. And you're never going to get the metal to look like that. Just spray paint the cardboard. We'll just roll with it. Hope you don't hit nothing else and it never rains. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Matt Sherman, uh, have you killed anything yet this year? Uh, I've got a pan, what I call a pan-sized doe on the ground, about a two-year-old doe. And That's I a- filmed one of my buddies kill a, a pretty nice deer on some public. Yeah. That was uh, Cody Massey, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, have we been hunting a lot together? That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I killed a doe. I guess you could call it a pan-sized doe too. So don't. Those are the best. I like those. When it comes to does, I'm not too prejudiced. I mean, if they're usually if they if they got the spots that fell off of them, they're they're in trouble around me. Or at least stated. I was, uh, I kind of said this earlier, but I actually went out that night with no intentions of shooting a doe, but I also know myself and I know what I'm going to do. I just kind of do it when it happens. So yeah. something walks in front of me at the wrong time, it's liable to get schwacked. It's very tough to get up in a tree and sit there for three hours and then have a deer walk out in bow range. And I don't know, my figure, my pointer finger right here gets a twitching real hard and I usually just let them eat. I, I tell yep. myself every year, I'm going to shoot two does this year. That's it. And then about five does deep, I'm like, all right, you got to quit. There's not going to be any deer left on this farm. So, yep. and it, at the end of the day, I'm out there to hunt. You know, I'm not out there to sit and do nothing. That's, so. that's right. That's right. You know, and none of us are hunting. You know, we don't have no trophy farm. I mean, I think Justin Justin's probably got a big trophy buck farm, but the rest of us are just on these old acorn patches. So we can't be too picky. Now, 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 I've seen your guys' deer. <laughs> we get lucky every <laughs> once in a while. I mean, now, did you see the ones that they took the tags out of, or was putting them in? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think I think the pictures I've seen were after they took them out. Yeah, after, yeah. the trick is getting the ear holes filled back in where you can't see them. Uh, good tax, you guys. good taxidermist can fix that. Hey, oh, speaking yeah, of taxidermist, we got to give Matt a <laughs> shout out. Uh, anybody listening that is interested in having a european mount done uh matt does matt sherman does an awesome job on him man i'm hoping that uh <laughs> one of us could kill a deer and maybe have you do something but so far it'd just be doe mounts i don't know how how cool that would be 
<laughs> I've been hoping someone would bring me one because I got a couple ideas as far as like dipping them and like different plaque ideas, but I haven't had that happen yet. Uh, I mean, I can bring them to you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm hoping if my little boy kills Zima Buck here pretty quick, you'll probably be hearing from me. So I'm hoping. Right. Well, hopefully he gets one. It sounds like he's uh, got a few more does to go through first. Oh, man, you guys don't know. The other night, uh, I've been seeing this nice eight-point buck every night in this field, and these does, and I knew they were going to come out first, like they always do. And they're standing 17 yards in front of this ground blind, and he is on the trigger. And I'm like, Drakey, just just wait, just wait. He goes, Dad, they're right there. And I was like, just wait. And I could see out of the corner of my eye, I could see this buck, and he was standing like 40 yards up in the woods. Well, about that time, a yearling basically stuck its head in the front door of that ground blind and caught wind of us and ran out of there and then the whole day all run off then he just turns around and looks at me like i can't believe you didn't let me shoot that doe now they're all running off and gone and i was like well maybe i should have just let you shoot the doe so i'd say the next time we go out there he's probably just gonna send one at whatever because he's still got a but see he's got i bought him a uh antlerless tag and then he got two any deer tags so i'm like well you could still shoot a doe and still maybe kill another buck too, but that boy just wants to kill deer. So let he's him not, let him kill him. That's what I'm gonna do. I think I, next one I'm just gonna say send it, buddy. We don't care. <laughs> my my week as long as they're having fun. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah, my he has weekend. fun for the last hour because he sleeps through about the first two and a half. But that's all right. <laughs> he's quiet. My weekend was a weekend off from hunting as well. I did go Friday afternoon or Friday evening and I seen a, uh, a buck that I'd been seeing on camera. He came in about 80 yards, which has been the story of my hunting season so far this year. Every deer has been about 50 to 80 yards away from me. Sounds like so. you need to go to a single pin site and then uh, get you an 80-yard marker on that thing. and <laughs> There you go. Yeah, that's what I may need to do. That or uh, just get me one of them blinds we were talking about last week and sit there right where they walked out. I'm telling you, man, those things are pretty neat. Matt Sherman, you ever heard of a ghost blind? Uh, is that those uh, mirror blinds, basically? Yeah. Like, they reflect? Yeah. 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 yeah I think I th those things look wicked. I think they're pretty cool. Uh, Every time I see one of them, I think about turkeys for some reason. I think those would just be awesome on a turkey hunt oh yeah yeah because you know how turkeys are with blinds anyways so that thing i think you would just i don't know it'd be crazy good somebody needs to get one so we could try it we'll just but make I one i got a couple old mirrors laying around we can just pack <laughs> them around out there <laughs> sounds safe i think that'd make a good ot tv video yeah well you know matt or todd does have the safety glasses he gives away every week so we could wear those to be safe there you go i don't know I, I did see something this weekend that i had never seen this late in the year though and you guys may have but i never have a wobbly legged fawn looks like it was probably about a week old yeah oh, i've seen a couple i mean not probably not that young but there's definitely i had a doe and two fawns come in tonight and both of them still had spots so yeah, we definitely had some late fawns this year. I'm hoping they get 
to growing a little quicker, you know, because I mean it doesn't it doesn't Yo. get too bad cold in November, but I don't know how them little guys will do come winter if they're not. That'd I mean the tough. the fawns have a tough life anyways. I mean between the coyotes and everything else, but yeah, it's uh it's gonna be tough. I don't. I I would have uh, shot one of them does tonight, but uh, I had my camera tied to a uh, easy hanger because I forgot my camera arm, and I couldn't get the right angle to get them on film. So they got the pass tonight. They got lucky that I'm an idiot and forgot my camera arm. Matt Sherman, what kind of camera equipment do you use to film? Well, I recently this year upgraded my camera a little bit. I got a, I'm rocking a Canon G50, and I got a uh, camera arm that is, uh, it's called a Lone Wolf Custom Gear Pocket Arm, Mm -hmm. and it's basically a camera arm that attaches to the tree without a ratchet strap, Um, so it doesn't weigh very much, and it's really quiet, and I use a GoPro for the secondary angle, and that's it. Yeah, that's what I do. How does it attach to the tree with no, is it like a screw-in type deal, or... No, it's um, if you know what a Versa strap is, it basically has the strap has two little loops, one on each end and a buckle in the middle. So you run a loop over the little button, and then you run the strap around the tree, and the other loop also goes around that little button, and then the buckle tightens it down. And then it does have a little set screw, it doesn't screw out and doesn't screw into the tree, but what you do is you tighten it down, yeah, just for tension, and yeah, just for tension, that's right. And it took a little bit of trial and error to get to because my camera is a little bit heavier for that arm, to be honest. And so there was a little bit of a learning curve, but I've uh, finally got it down and it's working great for me. It's uh, a lot lighter and definitely quieter, which is uh, huge. I hate I hate a ratchet. Oh yeah, that's uh, and when you've packing in, I mean, you hunt a pu- lot of public land, which we'll get into that here in just a little bit, but. You got to be as light as you can possibly be. You've already, I mean, I used to hunt with, I know uh, a lot of guys have went to the tree saddles and stuff now, but I used to pack a summit climber in, man, and I still do. Matt knows I go down into Booger Woods all by myself, but I pack a climber and I had an old muddy tree arm last year and man, it was a good tree arm, but it weighed like 20 pounds and that. By the time I got down there, I was exhausted, and then I had to bring it all back out. And then, you're like you said, you get it up there, and then you're ratcheted on the tree. And if you're right in the – you know, if you're right in amongst them, if you're hunting close to a bedding area, that can get you in trouble real quick. Yeah, that – Yeah. You'll learn. You got – the more you start the film and more you start messing with this stuff, you'll start thinking of ways to make – we've been, we talked about that before. You'll think of – all kinds of contraptions and different ways to make stuff as light and easy as you can. And I'll tell you something as far as the GoPros, and it's helped me this year, as I bought a couple of the, the tree clamps that's got the adjustable arm, and that has been a pretty working pretty good for me. Uh, Matt Miller, you made a like a like basically a camera arm for yours, didn't you? Yeah, I made a, just like a little uh, miniature camera arm, and uh, it's not – it's just like the cinch down, like the little motorcycle straps is what I use. So mm-hmm. you don't have to get them super, super tight because they're pretty lightweight. And my little camera on, I made it all out of aluminum. So it's real lightweight and easy to put up on the tree pretty quick, you know. 
but those I, i'm i'm with you on the ratchet strap deal they make quite a bit of racket you know well so. and me and you both run a fourth arrow camera arm and i don't uh you know they have ratchet straps that's just all there is to it but they come with different uh bases you can uh, you know they're universal so if a guy had the extra money you could buy a whole bunch of those and you could just snap it in and out but then you're talking about you know, I've got 10 different stand locations where on the farm that I hunt and I know them things aren't cheap. <laughs> right. So it's almost unpractical to buy one for every stand. So I just try to be as quiet as I can. And it seems to me like the harder you try to be quiet, the louder you are with climbing stands. So, and, but you know, some of the places even I hunt private property, and it might as well be public land in some of the places I go because you can't get a full wheeler to it. You know, I have to walk down a mountain to get into the spot and I'm not packing a ladder stand down there, man. I'm just not going to do it. So I just hunt with my climbing stand and that's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, but that's usually where I see all my big deer at's down in there where nobody goes. So, yeah. Uh, if you ever listen to some of the older guys that that hunt they're like i went way back here in the back where nobody knew where i was at yeah well sometimes that's where you gotta go hey guys we'll be uh right back with more ozark traditions tv podcast and with matt sherman with man versus deer hi folks this is matt smith of ozark traditions tv I hope you are enjoying this OTTV podcast. When you're not listening to the team members discuss hunting strategies and telling stories, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch your favorite episodes there. And while you're on the web, head on over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Thanks for listening to this week's OTTV podcast. Hunting with my family, who could ask for more? Welcome back to the OTTV podcast. Tonight's topic is public land hunting. TJ, you got anything you want to add to that? Well, all I can tell you is I know it's a pretty popular thing nowadays. It used to not be so popular back, I say back when I was doing it, I'm like I'm some old man or something, but it seems like in the past five years, it's really come on. Like you got shows like the hunting public and all that. And now everybody's doing it. So, I I mean, it's good. I think it's good to have people getting into hunting more and doing more. But guys that had their favorite hunting spots on public land, it's probably getting a little crowded there. Uh, Sherman, I know you do a lot of public land hunting. How's it? How's it treating you? Well, to kind of uh, add to what you to, uh, sorry, kind of add to what you just said. Um, one of my first hunts of the season was back in a, uh, it's probably about a half mile, three quarters of a mile hike into some pretty thick, rough, uh, country. And there've been signs that people had already been back in there. And just like over the last three years, there's been less and less and less deer. I used to be able to sit back, see anywhere from like seven to 12 deer a sit. And I hunted back in there last November and I only seen one, and it was about a 100-inch buck that moved through about mid-morning. So it's definitely, in some areas anyways, taking its toll. Um, 
on some of the easier to get to spots or some of the better spots, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's me and Matt Miller have talked about this a lot. I, uh, I got real fortunate and married into, a some people and some that know people and uh, up here around the lake where I live. And I've got fortunate enough to have some property to hunt now that's private, but man, growing up, that's all I did was hunt public land. I mean, uh, I hunted a lot at Lamine river. I hunted a lot of the Mark Twain national forest, uh, Brownfield, all that stuff. My grandpa actually lives at NNAC in the square house. If anybody's ever been on NNAC, they'll know where I'm talking about. So we grew, I grew up hunting public land and it was a lot of fun. I mean, I never, I never shot any great big deer, but I really didn't have the patience. I was just out there to kill a deer. So I just, you know, I remember when I was younger, I'd walk through there and as soon as I seen a buck rub, I'd hang my tree stand and sit by that buck rub for three days and never see a deer but i always just envisioned that giant buck coming over and it was a sapling about the size of my pinky and for some reason i was thinking it was just you know best spot in the woods but i'd done a lot of public land hunting when i was younger some of him misses it and some of me doesn't uh i miss going out with the like me and matt miller was talking like the deer camps and everybody getting together and going in and hunting them and I miss all that. I don't miss dragging deer out. And I don't miss, like we were talking earlier, guys walking underneath you after 8 to 30 in the morning. But like you said, Sherman, I mean, sometimes that works out. I mean, so you can make pressure work in your advantage on public land if you, if you do it right. 100%. Yes, sir. You know, I've noticed, and, and public land for me, I've seen my brother, uh, I don't know, three, four rifle seasons ago, we went to a place called Mule Shoe, which is not far from where I live here. And it was the second day of rifle season. We pull in. I don't know why he talked me into going down there, but we did. And we get there, and there's 40 trucks in the parking lot. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting out of this thing. There's not going to be any deer nowhere. And my brother's like, well, we're already down here. Let's just go sit. So he goes one side of the road, I go to the other. He walks, I'm talking 35 yards in the woods, sits on a log and shot a probably 130, 125-inch deer. And those guys had had that deer run, and it was bedded right next to the road. I mean, it, oh, yeah. I, I, and that's why I think guys get a little gung-ho on the, oh, you got to go to the back 40 of this place. I mean, I think a lot of guys walk right past them a lot on public land. I think that there's a lot of times you can shoot them inside of your truck. Oh yeah. There, there's in my mind, there's two places you got to look. One is right by the road. Cause no one wants to hunt by the road. And that's not an original thought. You know, I've picked that up from podcasts and YouTube videos from other, you know, people and stuff, but right. you got to either hunt like really close to the road. Cause no one's hunt, or you got to walk, you know, farther than anyone else wants to walk. And, the commonality between those two is that people aren't there. You know, you got to go where there isn't pressure. There right. Isn't other that, people. That's the key to hunting public land is where's the, either where does the pressure have the deer push to or where is there no pressure? And I, I, I've got out of it. I mean, I've, I'm out of touch on it now. I'm sure. Cause I haven't hunted it in three years. I mean, I've had this farm that's pretty good size right here by my house, which there's a couple guys that hunt it out there that kind of hunt recklessly. You know, they ride their four wheeler to their tree stand and 
drive their truck down the middle of the fields at 4.30 in the afternoon and fun stuff like that. But so I kind of have to hunt it a little bit like publicly in. But at least when I kill one, I get to take my full wheeler in there and get it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get to skip that whole process of uh, getting it out. <laughs> what about you, Miller? Let's hear well, your public land story. Well, I haven't, I haven't public land hunted since I was probably 16 years old. But that's what I grew up doing. You know, we hunted the Mark Twain, um, and. You know, I've seen a lot of really big bucks killed on uh, public land. You know, my dad's got a monster hanging in the basement um, that that he killed on public land, you know, and, uh, you know, rifle hunting. But uh, it just seems, uh, I guess, as it's gained in popularity, more and more people, you know, a lot of out-of-staters come in and stuff because it's so easy to acquire a tag in Missouri. Um, so there's more and more pressure. You know, I don't, I don't envy anybody that's hunting public land personally. Uh, but I mean, I, I know it can, it can pay off, you know, guys kill big deer. Uh, I do, like you said, TJ, I miss the, I miss the deer camps and the camaraderie. And, you know, that was a lot of fun, uh, growing up and doing that. But I definitely enjoy, you know, hunting like we do now on private farms. That's, uh, that's pretty nice. It's but, nice. I mean, obviously, everybody's not going to have that luxury, so... Right. You're going to have to... Just don't be afraid. I'm, if my message is to anybody about public land, is don't think that because you have to hunt publicly and you can't kill big deer or you can't kill deer. There, I mean, like Matt Sherman had said, there's deer. There's a lot of really good public land, and not far from around this area right here. I mean, yeah. there's, the, there's a the lot of good deer, hunting. Yeah, the biggest deer I've ever seen on the hoof uh and missed you know has been on public land and i shot right under him (laughs) yeah he was embarrassingly close too oh hey i'm not you're not gonna (laughs) hear no slack out of me i've missed him plenty of times (laughs) well and i think i think something people uh people forget about or maybe don't is there's a lot of areas uh that you can sign up for management hunts that are management only uh public land deer hunts in missouri uh i know michael uh, my cousin Michael has taken his boy Joshua here in a couple weeks um, up north by Boonville, just north of the Missouri River. And there's a, a big, big conservation area up there, and they've got a management youth hunt. And he got drawn for that this year. So those places, you know, if you can get fortunate to get drawn for one of those hunts, um, they don't have the pressure. You know, I right. mean, they, let, they let 35 hunters in there a year, you know what I mean, for this youth hunt. So... Well, that's like all of us this year have gotten drawn. Me, Matt, my dad, a couple other guys have gotten drawn for uh, St. Francis State Park Homage Hunt, which is in December. Uh, My father-in-law got drawn for Canny Mountain, which is south of here somewhere. I'm not for sure exactly where it's at. That's down around the Glaytop Trail area. That's down around where I mold stomping ground. Yep, he's got a, a black powder hunt coming up in like two weeks. I'm thinking the 22nd of October or somewhere around there, in there. There's some oh, nice. big deer there. Yeah, there's a like Matt was saying uh, about the manage hunts. I mean, if if you're worried about pressure, I mean, we hunted Bennett Spring State Park two three years ago, and uh, management hunt. To, Man- yeah. man- management hunt. Right. Uh, yeah, it was a man. <laughs> let's let's clear the clear the air there. Uh, and supposedly, you know, 
there wasn't nobody in there for 75 years or whatever, which was <laughs> not true. Uh, we found multiple tree stands and chew cans and stuff like that. So obviously guys have been going in and hunting it, but, uh, man, that first morning, the buck sign in that place would drive you nuts. It was how many scrapes did we see? I don't oh, even tons. Well, and I actually saw two really nice bucks, uh, first light. And of course you had to kill two does before you could harvest a buck. So oh no. To, yeah. So I had to just let them go and I shot a doe and I'm like, man, this is this is tough. But but yeah, those management hunts and then TJ in there that Smithville Lake has a big youth hunt up north. Yeah, yeah. And too. that's a really cool place up there. That's around like Platte City. Uh I do I used to do a lot of waterfowl hunting up there at smithville lake but there's a lot of big deer up there there's a lot of really good areas everywhere like if you're in matt's uh sherman's area you got like uh what's that smittle cave down there or what's the name of that now um i i don't that's all i've ever heard it called the smith that's cave. I, right that's <laughs> I what i think it's official name but everybody that i know of knows it as smittle cave uh yeah, obviously that, that area let, is huge and it's it's big mature timber and it's easy for a fella to get turned around on. I don't yeah. know how I know. Oh, I, <laughs> Hey, speaking of that Bennett Springs thing, I got turned around on that for a minute too. <laughs> yeah. But, that uh, is some big hills, like thick woolly stuff. It's, but there's, Oh, you have no idea. There. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> another place down around that area would be like lead mines. I know that a lot of guys hunt lead mines which uh berry bluff which is actually i believe it's part of lead mines i've hunted i've actually hunted berry bluff a little bit with my brother uh in yeah, years past yeah isn't berry bluff just on the other side of the river there or yeah something? it's it's uh, it's basically lead mine it's straight across the river from which i think they have a boat access down there now or that's the rumor that i'm hearing uh hmm. and there's another one out on sea highway where they do the uh bow shoots at that's actually a conservation area uh and i think you can hunt that too certain i, I think it's open right now i don't i don't i know when they're not doing actual it's, bow uh, shoots. it's archery only out there right so but that yeah it's they stop those bow shoots when bow season starts and they pick them back up as soon as uh as soon as it ends right so that's i a, mean there's that's a great group of guys out there that put that on too um it's they set awesome. up 40 different targets at different ranges you know and it's it's a good time with some good people yeah it's a lot of fun and usually the first shoot of the year is a chili sh so you can go up there and eat some chili and it's i used to go every every year all every shoot and when i moved up here to the lake because i'm from lebanon too I graduate matt sherman uh oh, oh seven so you just a couple years ahead of me. I I can remember seeing you in high school, and I don't remember where. Maybe we just yeah. passed each other in the hallway or something. I don't know. But anyways, I grew. I mean, me and you basically grew up same town, same everything. So I, I know that's why I knew all the public land areas around there because that's what I used to have to hunt. I mean, I didn't have. We used to go to Lamine River a lot too. If nobody's ever been there, it's a really awesome place. It's kind of by. Uh, sedalia otterville it's a great big huge place but it's got tons of crop fields on it i've seen some giant deer up there i mean i've never killed one i've seen guys that have killed them it can be done but 
Uh, that was a really awesome place. And, I mean, we used to go as far north as Chillicothe. There was a place up there called Bunch Holler. And some of the biggest deer, body deer I've ever seen, I was on that public land. So don't be don't be scared of hunting public land. I mean, if you're wanting to get, if you're just wanting to get into hunting, you don't have nowhere to hunt, go out there and try it, man. Don't. And if somebody walks up on you, it's going to happen to you. I mean, you hunt public land long enough. <coughs> somebody's going to come walking underneath you just kind of you just got to deal with it but heck that it, happens on private land sometimes oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> me and yeah. matt you, you're speaking uh we were in a stand beautiful evening it's like october 20 something perfect late october me and matt got in there early quiet sprayed down got set up in the tree i've been seeing some pretty good bucks or scrapes everywhere and about oh i don't know 4 45 five o'clock ish you know perfect we hear something and i turn around and one of the gentlemen that hunts this farm with me decides he's going to go fall turkey hunting and walks basically right underneath us and right down into where all the buck bedding was at all that good stuff i could hear we could hear deer blowing and he never even knew we were there so i guess if he listens to this podcast Thanks a lot. He'll know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to, uh, to back up a little bit, uh, we were talking about hunting uh, pressure on public land and stuff like that. I, I'll say this. I wanted to backtrack to this. There is virtually no pressure in the early season. No one wants to deal with the spider webs. No one wants to deal with the, the seed ticks and the mosquitoes. No one wants to. The woods are like really thick and hard to navigate through. Uh, sign is hard to see because it's, you know, the leaves haven't fallen and it's not very visible. And so over the past three years, as the pub, the public has kind of increased with that pressure, I've been having more and more success in the early season. In fact, I'm getting to where I kind of like that first week of bow season. Uh, it's one of my favorite times of year. And, um, about three years in a row, I've either killed one or I've been with people that have killed them. I mean, it's just, a a really easy time to go in there and not have a whole lot of competition and bucks are still pretty patternable too, you know? So there's a lot of benefits to that. If you're wanting to get in there before everyone else does, yeah, early bow it, season is really now, sad, I think. Now, Matt, talking about pressure, um, do you do any uh, late season mm-hmm. hunting? Oh yeah. I hunt, I hunt from uh, September 15th to January 15th. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it's basically like what we do. Well, I, yeah. I know, you know, people talk about pressure on, you know, public land, like the pressure doesn't exist on private. And, uh, but I mean, I know TJ and I both, you know, early season for us is usually better and late season is better just because, you know, obviously these farms we're hunting aren't, aren't ginormous. Um, so the neighbors aren't early season. The neighbors aren't out hunting, you know, just, just like on public land and kind of, and kind of goes the same way we've noticed late season, you know, people kind of, they're done deer hunting or whatever. They just rifle hunt. And so there's a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, obviously, o- late October, November, there's a lot of pressure. But, you know, early in September and then late, you know, December, January, there doesn't seem to be the pressure on the private ground near as bad either. I was just going to say, I haven't quite got that late season thing figured out yet. I, I mean, I hunt all the way till the end of January, but as far as keying in on the exact food sources they're using and stuff like that, I, I have yet to have any success in the late season, but I, t- 
um, a lot of my strategy throughout the whole year is to just walk around till I find some sign or, or jump a good deer. And then I kind of drop a pin and then I just kind of start strategically working it over. And I have seen some good deer doing that. Um, but late season is like one of the weaknesses I have a little bit better in that area. Cause I, like you guys, I think that's one of the best times, uh, to probably get out there and hunt cause no one else is hunting. Well, but, and- uh, it's a little bit tougher. Well, in late season, uh, food, it's just like early season. Like you're talking about, uh, I tell you something that I've noticed in the farm that I hunt on, it's got a couple of them and everybody's got them on their farms is locust trees. And if you can ever find one of the things that's, you know, dropping locust pods that are still kind of mushy. I, I have literally watched deer with my two own two eyes, eat them things like candy. So, and like today, those those locust trees, do they have uh, the thorns on them? Yeah. 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 They're nasty. You don't want to get in one, but if you could sit close to one, (laughs) but, uh, and like this time, like I went for a little bit of a walk today and I found a couple persimmon trees in this thicket that were falling and the deer sign underneath them persimmon trees was insane. Now, obviously there's not going to be persimmons around late season, but, uh, and I, you know, we was talking about pressure all that stuff when, and it's better and early and late. My deal is it's easier for me and Matt to hunt them because we can just sit right on the field edges early and late and kill these deer and not have to pressure. Cause like where I hunt here in Missouri, up around the Lake of the Ozarks, we got some big old steep hollers and hills and the farm that I hunt, there's a really good spot and I almost always see big deer in there. But, and Matt can back me up on this one. It is no fun to get in there. I mean, it is straight down in there. I mean, once you get down there, it's, it's beautiful. It's flat. There's a beautiful spring fed pond down there. And I always see big deer down there, but there's a part, I mean, there's 20, 30 foot of this hill that you almost have to tie a rope to a tree to get up and down in there. I mean, it is terrible steep, but that's where all the once the deer feel just a little bit of pressure they all just all the bigger deer just right right to that stuff and it's the same thing on public land i mean it's the same everywhere i mean the big and and big bucks like to live by themselves anyways and they like to get in that net the the nastier the better it seems like for me on that so if it's not easy to get in there it's probably a good spot so matt yeah how do you scout early season do you just go in there and hang cameras or what do you do i don't actually um cameras i feel like i do more harm than good i'm impatient i check them when i probably shouldn't and i'm a firm believer in like the first time in is probably the best time in you know the the highest odds that you have it's like the very first time you step into an area and you kind of got to know your strengths and weaknesses, right? So I, I'm impatient. I, I really want to see what's on those cameras. So I, I just don't hang them unless it's somewhere I can really get into and out of clean. Most of what I do is in-season scouting. Like if I'm going to hunt an evening, I'll kind of take a quick walk through an area in the morning and see if there's any sign there. Um, I'm not worried about jumping up deer or anything like that because if I jump one up and it's it's a nice-looking buck, I kind of know where he like to hang out and i may not go back to that exact spot that evening but i know the vicinity that he's in and in my experience they may move later they may not come out in that exact spot but they're going to be in that general area and then i can just kind of strategically pick it apart depending on the wind that i get or 
you know, the, the conditions of that day. Like if there's water nearby, I might go to the water. If there's an acorn tree that's dropping acorns, I might go there. So I do a lot of scouting the morning that I'm going to hunt uh, or, or the night, you know, that I'm leaving. I'll scout on the way out in the dark. I just try to – I think that in-season scouting, like stuff that's happening right now, is uh, more valuable than anything. Well, yeah, because yeah, so I, I mean, yeah. you get you get out there in August and you're seeing deer sign and stuff, and you're like, okay, this is where I'm gonna sit. Well, those deer lose the velvet, and they could be two miles from where they were at at that time. So, like you said, you need to figure out what they're doing right then and there. And like right. you said about jumping a deer, uh, early season, I don't think the bucks are gonna go that far, anyways. I mean, they don't. They don't, it's not like later in the year when they'll travel, you know, three, four miles. I think early they, they're kind of like a doe, you know, they have a, an area that they live in all summer and early season. So you can, that's why I think, like you said, it's a really good time of year to hunt, especially for a buck, because you can catch them in a pattern and they're doing the same thing every day. And like you said, the first time in is always the best. So if you if you do find one and and if you're lucky enough to be able to have a big field that you have a road and you can just drive down and glass and i mean that's really good if you got that situation but right and some spots are are good at different you know you can use historical data and you, you can know that i i can hang a stand here and i know that it's going to be good at this time of the year but uh i don't own any property and i really don't i only have access to one farm i can hunt consistently you know I'm going in with a stand on my back and I'm coming out with a stand on my back. So those fixed stand locations, I really, I really just don't have anywhere that I w- that it would be beneficial for me to put one. And so I literally, a lot of times I'll just get out of the truck and walk until I see something I want to set up on. And there's been times where I didn't see anything and I ended up back at the truck. Um, but most of the time, if I'm in a tree, I'm there for a damn good reason. I've either seen something or I've got enough sign or, I've got notes on my phone from last year saying, Hey, there was a good deer in this area this exact time that last year. Yeah. That was a tr- thing that got me this year and I should have known better. Me and Matt talked about it all summer and I still didn't do it. There's a scrape in this bottom or not quite to this. It's a ledge, but anyways, and last year I put a trail camera on it and the last week of September, almost every buck shooter buck I had on this farm hit that scrape in that three or four day span. And this year, I'll be danged if I didn't put a camera up and the target, my tar- number one target buck I'm hunting this year showed up at 7.53 that morning. And I, you know, obviously I had to work, but I hunted, I've hunted that stand twice now and haven't even seen a deer out of it. But there was that two or three day window right there that those bucks just hit that. And it's, a guy needs to pay attention to that because like you said, you can say, hey, I've seen mature bucks or i seen bucks or deer in this area this time of year there's a good chance they'll probably do the same thing again next year now i've got a, a scrape line that i hunt on public that on november 9th i can sit there and i am for sure 100 percent so far i'm gonna see a deer that i want to shoot now they don't always come within bow range they don't always stop sometimes they win me but for the last probably six years on November 9th, I sit that same tree, and that's the only time I go in there. And I'm going to see something. At least I have so far. You know, you never can say for sure. But Yeah, I mean, it's 
they 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 kind of do the same they have the same tendencies you know they like they have the same areas they like to go to and do things as long as they don't just get plumb boogered out of there right well and i think <clears throat> i think it doesn't matter if you're hunting private or public land you know obviously matt i'm sure you've got areas you know a certain ridge or a saddle on a ridge that you know that you've noticed year after year that's a good area those deer always work that area so that I'm sure you target, you know, those specific locations. Yeah, I'll definitely still, like, I don't ever go into those locations knowing I'm going to hunt them 100%, but they, like I mentioned, kind of scouting my way in. They are places that I start because uh, there's, like, mo- there's places that will be good most years, but maybe acorns didn't drop there one year, or maybe there's been some guys in there hunting, you know. Um, so mo- yeah, I got places that are that are money most of the time, but I, I always still go in there with the mentality that I may not pick a tree tonight, or uh, you know I might have to walk a little bit farther before I see something that I want to set up over. That's something I want to ask you too, Matt, uh, about the acorn crop this year. Have you been seeing them? Are they are they pretty scarce, or what's it like where you where you're hunting at? Um, I've really I haven't got to get out a whole lot this year. I mean, I've probably been out about eight times which for i mean i guess that's a little bit but it's not as much as i'm normally out i usually ask the uh open and week of both season off and i've earned all my vacation on wyoming so i'm not able to do that this year but i've been to one area where the acorns were falling like crazy it was gonna be super hot out that day so i hiked into like an isolated water source and there typically there's acorns dropping here and this year there was no exception it's it sounded like it was raining at some points not a single deer not a single deer was there so i don't know if they were maybe red oaks and there were white oaks dropping somewhere or maybe there have been some guys back in there but for whatever reason uh i didn't see any and then i've hunted some other areas where there were acorns but there there wasn't a lot of them it's only the one area i've been to that that i thought was really acorn heavy so in my opinion which I'm only getting a small snapshot of what's out there. In my opinion, I think it's kind of a light year. Uh, but oh, some I, of the places that, that it's light in, I've seen more deer in. So. See, I, I, def- I a, definitely think it is. I think it's a heavy year because I'm seeing a lot of acorns on the ground on our farm. Yeah, you're farther yeah. south. See, uh, during turkey season, up, I know for sure here at the lake, when we got that snow and stuff, and me and Matt could visually see the frost line around here. And it just killed off everything that was not on top of the ridges. It, I mean, it just everything was brown this year. So I think a lot of our acorns are focused mainly on the top of the ridges, which could work out good for us because then that kind of helps narrow the deer up a little bit when they are feeding on acorns. But I don't well, know if you got that frost down there. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing about deer hunting is that it can be – you know, you can drive a mile down the road and that property can be completely different. And that's why that in-season uh, intel is. Well, I've hunted for 26 years and I have never stepped foot on public ground to hunt. Well, lucky you. Are you, are you bragging or what are you trying <laughs> no, to do? <laughs> I'm just telling you, I, I don't, I've never had to deal with the general public hunting. So we so, need to take him, Matt. I think you know, all, all of us need to take him out on a public land hunt and let him try it. But the, thing, the thing about the public land hunting is, you know, I think sometimes it gets a bad rap. There's a lot of good 
there's a lot of good guys out there hunting it, you know, that have good etiquette. 90% of the guys you meet out there are going to be good. You know, a lot of the guys are going to work with you and ask you where you're going. I mean, there's only 10% of them are buttholes. I mean, most of them, you know, they'll work with you and you can do, you can hunt together. It's easier to hunt together than hunt against each other. Now, I, now I will say, you know, if you're, if your first public land hunting experiences opening weekend of Missouri rifle season, it may not oh, be gosh. great. <laughs> you know, it, it, it may not be great, but it, if, if you hunt enough public land, you know, there are some guys that are doing it right. And there are guys that are courteous and they'll ask you, Hey, where are you headed tonight? You know, they see you park it by the road and they'll, they'll go the opposite direction and stuff like that. Well, so for the I, main, main part, when we're talking about hunting public land, we're talking about bow hunting because yeah, boy, I've tried her on rifle season and it gets wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've hunted a lot on uh, during rifle season, you know, growing up, but you know, e- even then, for the most part, there's a lot of really good people out there, and they're conscientious to everybody else. But there are a handful of idiots. I mean, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell that- you what, guys. Last year, I had a homeless dude walk up on me. I had a guy pull his truck. Almost, it's like he knew what tree I was in. He basically pulled it up right underneath it. I had a guy come out and start cutting wood. I had uh, a person walking their dogs just randomly, and that was all on private ground. And I say all that to say... I hunted a lot of public last year too, and I never saw another person. I seen other vehicles, but I never saw another person. So I, I just say that to kind of agree with you, Matt, that sometimes it gets a bad rap and you can avoid a lot of that. You know, if you see uh, three or four trucks in an area, move on. You yeah. Don't, don't you probably don't there. want to be there anyways. Yeah. Right. I have ran on to people on our own property hunting and it's private so <laughs> yeah oh yeah that that's that happens that happens a yeah. lot i've had the and see the thing is the the farm that i hunt the guy that owns it is just a farmer i mean he doesn't even know what he has as far as hunting and matt can he knows this but uh and he doesn't think about deer hunting or none of that so it could be and he and he, he raises dogs, okay? So there's this great big bottom field below his milk barn, and that's usually where I hunt late season because all the deer come down and feed on the clover and the grasses and all that stuff in this big field. Well, we're sitting there. This is actually towards the end of rifle season, like the last week of rifle season. And me and my wife are sitting in this ground blind, and I hear a full-wheeler coming. And I thought, oh, Dan's going to go check on cows. He knows we're down here, blah, blah, blah. Uh, No. He comes through the gate. He's got a little trailer on the back of his four-wheeler, and it's full of dog crap because he cleans out his dog kennels. And he dumps it 30 yards out in front of our ground. Has no clue we're in this ground one. I mean, I, I, he just – he doesn't – it's his farm, so what do you do? But has no clue we're there. Dumps all this dog crap out, drives a big circle around the field, and leaves. And as soon as he went up the hill to leave, the deer started coming out in the field. So I guess sometimes the deer can kind of get used to it, but I, it's like Matt Sherman said, I mean, just cause you're hunting private land doesn't mean there's not going to be any pressure. Actually, it's probably worse. In some, in some cases. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, we got a lot of cattle and the deer, when we're like, we're out feeding mineral or whatever, you'll see the deer run in the woods. As soon as you shut that four wheeler off or you can stay right there at that mineral feeder and the four wheeler leaves, 
them deer know you did something and they're coming. They're coming back out. And they're probably used to hearing him run around on the four wheeler. Oh yeah, I know they are. I've I've actually been there and watch him drive by and then go on out in the field. So and I'm sure I'm sure hunting the same way. Deer get so accustomed of people moving around on public land over time, you know. I don't I'm Oh guessing. yeah. Yeah. I I know a lot of I see a lot of public land deer. They'll just lay there in their bed and let you walk t- 10 feet from them and never move. So if if as long as you're not you know about to kick them, a lot of the times they'll let you go on past them and then maybe jump up and run off. But uh and another place that we hunted was up around Palm de Terre Lake. It was some core ground. <clears throat> And they've got Matt hunted with me there, and it's got a bunch of gravel paths goes through it. It's down below the day. I don't remember the name of this place. I, we it's call uh, it. the Dam Outlook. That the Outlet Park down there. Yeah, yeah. It's archery only, and it's probably what 100 acres, maybe. No, I think it's 300 acres. It's oh, is good it size. that big? It's pretty yeah. good size. Okay, so but well, but now part of it's a campground too. Right. I mean. Yeah, and it's archery only, and but there's these gravel walking paths that go through it. Well, every year. The Hermitage track team comes out there about bow season, and they run their big cross on. country meet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just seems like every time we go down there, they had like a competition. <laughs> it was like a track meet, so there was three hundred people down there running track on this track. And I'm like, oh my god, we, you know, we've already got we got it. we drug a camper down there. We're not gonna. We've done all this, and they've got a dang track meet going on. We're not gonna see any deer, and. I don't know. It got over probably about three o'clock that afternoon. And that evening, those, I mean, the deer literally just like nothing. And there was 200 people at least in the woods that day. And we, I think I killed a deer that night. I'm somebody else killed a deer that night. I know. Uh, it was, it was a wild deal. And, and we may have to actually try to go film that because that's core of engineers' property. That's core property, so we can actually <laughs> film on core property and put it on the TV show. So I think it would be cool for us all to get together, maybe, and go try to hunt that place. Now, now, now speaking of filming, now speaking of filming, I want to ask Matt Sherman this: since he's hunting public land, how are are you doing the pay to hunt? deal for filming or how are you doing that now you got to be making money uh for that to is that what you, is? you okay. can go out there yeah as long as you're not uh making that uh, to my knowledge you can go out there and film and not have to pay anything if you make over a certain amount it's insane yeah. you got to pay like it's five hundred dollars a day like that yeah 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 it's on it, on on mdc ground yes now, now core, yes. core property is wide open well and then yeah, even I, like Missouri State Mark, Parks is only like a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a different deal for sure. But you yeah, have right. to, and even if you have, like, I have, I've got a YouTube channel, and some of my videos are making a little bit of money. I've got enough of a following where some of them are making a little bit of money. But uh, if you want to go have a public land hunt and you kill something, you can still upload that video. You just turn the monetization off, and you're still within those guidelines. Right. Yeah. It's it's a it was a little touchy filly for us, uh, but but you can't like we was talking about the core property, and there's a ton of it around here. Truman Lake has tons of it. Palm de Terre Lake has tons of it. Stockton Lake, uh, 
you know, like if anything ever happened to the farm that I hunted, I'd probably really start looking in the Truman Lake because I could tell you right now there are some giants up there around that lake. And I know a guy that has a boat, and if you could get in off the lake and hunt some of that, I think you could you could really do some very good deer hunting up around that area. And plus, if the hunting's no good, you can always take a fishing pole with you. So, absolutely. <clears throat> those uh, those filming rates they're they're really steep, and I've I've known a lot of people that weren't real happy about that. That's something I I would probably expect to come down to something more reasonable. In oh the future. yeah. At least I at least I would hope. Anyways, you know, <laughs> I, I don't really know don't understand of a group of people do the filming and stuff, or, you know, or how much heck they race about that. But that was, uh, when I read that, I was like 500 a day, who, who's making money and can afford to film for 500. I need to go learn what they're doing. What are they filming? <laughs> Nobody can do that. And that's the whole yeah, point behind I, it is. I think that was the MDC's polite way of saying they didn't want groups like the hunting public coming to their ground and filming deer hunts. Which, in my opinion, makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I would think if you're an MDC and you're trying to get more people to buy deer tags and use the property that we pay for, by the way, we own that property. I mean, every time you buy a deer tag, you're paying for that conservation area somewhere. Uh, I would think you would want to get more people out hunting that kind of stuff. So why would you even, you know, if, if, if we're filming it and somebody kills a big buck on a you know, say somebody shot a big buck down at Muleshoe and we say, hey, we're down here. There's going to be more people that want to hunt stuff like that and buy tags. And I just, I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't want more people to use it. I mean, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then well, like I, Matt Sherman said, and then they put such a steep price on it. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like nobody out there is going to pay $500 a day to hunt a place that first of all is pressured like you wouldn't believe i mean you can get a heck of a lease in iowa for 500 dollars a day i'm pretty sure <laughs> no kidding and the answer is like 90 percent of the times that i go into the woods with my camera i dump that footage i don't see deer i don't kill deer and so yeah. you're, you're not actually going to release a video and, and when you think about paying 500 dollars to maybe not use any of the footage that you have i mean if it was like 20 bucks a day or something I, I would consider that in the realm of reasonable for like the average everyday guy even though i mean you hunt five days that week that's 100 bucks that's still crazy but um at least then i think you wouldn't be out of line so to speak but it, it it just isn't affordable for the average guy to do that. And there's a lot of guys like you and, and like me that want to go out there and they want to utilize those public lands. And, you know, if a guy like you or me grows their YouTube channel enough with it where they are making some money on those videos, it really is kind of a, uh, a rain on that parade, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, because obviously more people are wanting to watch stuff like that. I think that's why the hunting public has just took off the way they have is – people can relate to it and yeah i just as soon sit down and watch your guys's videos and i got a handful of other guys that you know have channels like i do and like you guys do and i'm more excited you know if they kill a deer i i i put a note in my calendar it's like hey, i gotta go watch that new ottv video and uh i I'd, I'd much rather watch that stuff you know than well i think else, people but... are getting pretty wore out on the outdoor channel and stuff of guys sitting in a block spine shooting 200 inch deer out of a bean field i mean it's just Nobody gets, nobody cares anymore. It used to be cool, but now, I mean, shooting 170 inch deer is like a norm now and, and nobody hunts them anymore. Everybody just farms them. And 
that's another day a topic for another day but uh, right right it, it's i think guys shooting smaller bucks but actually having to work to shoot them i think that's more it's more intriguing for me to watch than somebody raised one up from a fawn and well, finally decided to shoot it one day. <laughs> well, we can relate to it a little better because it's more, you know, it's more what we can do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I'm never going to have an opportunity to go hunt a 3,000 acre farm in Southern Iowa and shoot 180. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, 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 it, and I'm not, I'm not talking down to those guys that, that, that do that. I mean, that's, that's cool. If that's what they like to do, that's great. Yeah. And if they have the opportunity, well, if they can do that, that's awesome. You know, hey, I yeah. was just fixing to say, like, if I had that, that's where I'd be. You're yeah, right. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> but you know, we got to live within our, I mean, <laughs> but, but for me personally, you know, I, I get more, more excitement and, and viewing pleasure, if you will, uh, getting to watch Cody Massey kill a nice buck off, public land right here in our backyard than you know watching the jury shoot another 200 incher on their massive farm in iowa you know what i mean right yeah that was I, a good morning for sure <laughs> yeah that was awesome i mean that was just it was you done a good job filming it and it it was just uh, i in your doe hunt i mean it i gotta i I watched it twice, actually. I mean, it's just, and I I understand where you're coming from with the self filming stuff too, because I've had to be, I've been doing it a little bit more this year than I have, because me and Matt are both trying to get, you know, Matt he's out wrecking his truck and trying to get his wife to kill a deer and stuff like that, and then yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to get my son to kill a deer and my wife's. It's just so I've been doing a lot of self filming, and Matt has one of them things called a job that you can't get home until five o'clock. Well. I, I work relate. construction, so some days I'm off at one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to the deer woods, man. So I have to self-film, and that it, I'm getting better. Well, I say that I, I forgot my camera arm today, so I'm not getting better. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm learning more about it, the self-filming thing. But so you, yeah, you guys tough. get to go I, home after you clock out? Who me? Yeah, 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 man, yeah, that, yeah. See, you guys all have this all wrong. You got wrong jobs, man. If you guys want to come do concrete, I'll send you guys some uh, job applications. No, you had my, you oh. had me, and then you lost me. Yeah, <laughs> something to do with concrete and my body just don't mix. I can tell you right now, I am thirty-one years old, and I've been to the chiropractor three times now. Whew. It was life. It was life changing. Yeah, <laughs> the first the first time. Second time is a little rough. Third time it hurt. So, yeah. Hey, but, Matt, t- tell us where we can find all your good footage you you shoot. Well, there's only about two videos that I consider good, and they're the ones from this year with that new camera. But if uh, if anybody goes to YouTube.com and just types in "man versus deer," um, I'm pretty easy to find on there. I got a Facebook page. I got an Instagram page. And, uh, I, I respond, I get a lot of, uh, emails, you know, questions, uh, people send me pictures like, Hey, how would you hunt this? So I really like hearing from people. I really like talking to people. If you want to talk hunting, I am always down to talk hunting. Um, yeah, we didn't have to twist yeah, your leg too bad today. Well, I uh, try to, most of the time I got a video going live every Monday at five thirty. It's a lot of work to keep up with stuff like that. And people that don't do this don't realize it but it's a lot but well guys i think we better take us a break and then when we come back we could talk about the question of the week
Sounds great. We'll be right back. Hi, folks. This is Matt Smith of Ozark Traditions TV. I hope you are enjoying this OTTV podcast. When you're not listening to the team members discuss hunting strategies and telling stories, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch your favorite episodes there. And while you're on the web, head on over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Thanks for listening to this week's OTTV podcast. Hunting with my family, who could ask for more? Let's get back to the show with this week's fan-submitted question for the OTTV team members. Hey, welcome back to the Other Tradition TV podcast. Uh, we got the listener's question. Hey, guys. My name is Jeff Helton from Stoutland, Missouri, and my question to the OTTV crew is, what are your guys' thoughts on using a crossbow during archery season? Thank you. So crossbows during archery season um, – Honestly, it doesn't bother me too much. It, nothing that I would ever do. I like the challenge of a and the feel of you know a, a compound or a, a traditional bow, even though I'm not very good with either one of those. But uh, in the end, I think it gets more people in the woods. I think it gets people buying more tags, and I think in the end, the more people that are hunting, uh, the more outdoors people that are involved in the sport, the safer and uh and better off our public lands are going to be so it's not something i would ever choose to do and who knows you know maybe one of these days i won't be able to pull a bow back and i'll be on the crossbow train but it also doesn't bother me either because there's people that one can't use a bow but still want to hunt that time of year or two you know maybe people that just aren't that confident with a regular bow and they want to put the most ethical in on an animal so it doesn't bother me a bit um not something I would do, but you know, if someone else wants to do it, more power to them. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with you a hundred percent, Matt. Uh, if you, if it, if it, if it gets you out there and gets you hunting, that's what we need. There's less and less hunters every day in this, in this time of age. And if, if using a crossbow is going to get more people out there then fine. And another thing that I'll hit on is, uh, and it's in my family is I, my little boy is six years old. And he's not real big keen on the gun yet. He's he, he just, he's not scared of it, but he just, well, the crossbow is a great alternative to that. And he's already killed his first deer with one this year. Uh, he shoots it pretty good. Uh, so for stuff like that, I think they're awesome. And another circumstance that I had was my wife. Uh, she's a hundred pounds guys. And for her to pull, she wants, to, and she's killed a deer with a compound bow. Now we've been shooting it more. And last year she killed her first deer <laughs> But before that, she just didn't have the strength to pull back enough poundage to where I felt comfortable for her to shoot a deer ethically with. So we, she hunted with a crossbow for the first year. So, you know, in them cases like that right there, I think they're great. But I'm like you, Matt. If it gets buying deer tags and getting more involved hunting, I think they're, they're I think they're fine. Yeah, yeah. I think people kind of get like, you know, they're they're. I think. I think some people have selfish thoughts if like those people are killing my deer and, and those things are out there for everybody, you know? And I, not once have I ever been hunting somewhere and thought, man, that crossbow guy killed all these deer out here. There's enough to go around. 
Yeah, absolutely. And at, at the end of the day, we want more people involved in the outdoors. And if, uh, if, if letting people use a crossbow is going to do that, then I think that's a good thing, you know, especially with, uh, you know, the kids and stuff and, you know, and then there's, there's going to come a time for all of us when we can't pull back a 70 pound bow anymore. And, you know, if you want to still get out there and hunt, then that's a, that, that's a tool that you can use. So I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, uh, I personally, you know, I'm going to shoot a compound bow as long as I can, you know, but I think it's great to get people in the outdoors and, and enjoying this sport that we all love, you know? And how many people you, how many people used rifle season as, or or rifle hunting as a segue into bow hunting, you know, how many people are going to go out there with a crossbow and then decide they like early season deer hunting so much that they're going to go buy a compound. It's a good way to get people involved that otherwise wouldn't have been. I tell you the only thing I don't like about crossbows is guys thinking that they're rifles. I don't like guys that thinking, Oh, I can shoot a deer at 80 yards with this thing now. Uh, they're just a bow, man. I mean, yeah, they shoot fast, and they're pretty accurate at distances up to 40 yards. But don't push it no farther. That's all I ask from the guys is because that's the only problem I could see. I've seen some guys say, well, I can shoot a deer at 100 yards with this thing. It's still a bow, man. Like, treat them with – you You want to be ethical with the deer anyways. You want to give the deer respect. You want to, you know, try to your best to put the best shot on it. So that's the only – problem i guess i would have with the crossbow is people thinking that they can shoot them like a rifle i mean just way out there i I agree with everybody i mean it's a good way to introduce the use because there's no kick there's nothing you know it gets them used to looking through a scope where they can make that step up to rifle season and it's good for the older guys like matt said the guys that had bad shoulder issues in the past and you know they may be in their 70s you know or 80s and they still have that urge to bow hunt but they can't they don't have the strength you know and they can go down to the bow shop and buy a 500 hundred dollar crossbow get it sighted in lined up two days later they're sitting in the woods doing what they love to do and they still have that opportunity like everybody else does to take an animal from what i'm hearing from the whole take of this deal and i know if you get on social media now that a lot of places will eat people alive for shooting deer with a crossbow, just kind of like shooting small deer nowadays. Like, we're all hunters. We all need to stick together. We all need to be together on all this because if we're not, then there's not going to be any more of it. So, you know, if a guy wants to hunt with a crossbow, leave, let him hunt. Who cares? Like, he's not – like Matt Sherman said, they're, he, they ain't out there killing all the deer. <laughs> there's plenty of deer to go around. So If it, if it is a legal matter, it allows it then do it yeah yep there we go so i i think one more point has to be discussed on this subject and that is if you use a compound and you have a buddy that doesn't which i may have some experience with you gotta give them nine kinds of hell about it i mean i think i think as an avid outdoorsman you gotta let them have it a little bit you know oh yeah yeah especially (laughs) especially if they've already killed a bigger buck than you on film Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> he went there, didn't he? He went there. Hey, there's there's a there's a lot of season left. Yeah, that was a little bit of a low blow there. Well, you know, we we uh, we teased TJ about missing his on film oh. last year. So yeah, oh yeah, that was that was bad, guys. 
23 Fair. yards. I'll never forget <laughs> it. It is burnt into my mind for the rest of my life. 23 yards. Mine uh, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Move on. I don't even <laughs> I, I agree. I think we're all in a agreement here that crossbows don't phase us at all. I think to sum it all up, guys, if it gets more people hunting, go for it. That's what we need. Well, and I tell you, I tell you what, if do what makes you happy. Don't worry about what social media says or the guy that lives across the street from you. You know, if you want to go out there with your crossbow and shoot a cow horn spike, do it. Yeah. You know, be proud of it. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about what everybody else thinks of what you're doing. You know, that's something else that kind of chaps me is guys will shoot a deer and be like, Oh, I thought he was bigger. Obviously that deer got your heart. Make you kill it. So if you got excited (laughs) enough to do it, then it it is worth it. I mean, unless you're just shooting them just to shoot them. But most times a guy shot that deer because he got excited about it and it was a good time. So be proud of it. Don't, and don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Lose your excitement of deer hunting. Then you just need to get out of it. Yeah. I'd say the day I lose my excitement of deer hunting is when I'm dead. (laughs) Maybe. Hey, but we got something we got to discuss real This weekend, we have the first annual Mighty Oaks Fall Expo, October 10th. It's a 3D bow shoot, a cornhole tournament, and there's going to be food and vendors and the OTTV team. So... Look that up on Facebook. I think it is Mighty Oaks. Right, guys, at Facebook? Yep. Yep. Look it up there. Or you can call 417-650-1672 to get more information. It's going to be a good time, guys. They're going to have a a shoot-off at the end of the day after all the the top five shooters in the bow shoot will get to shoot at the end of the day. Uh, There's going to be a ton of people like a ton of different vendors tv shows i know uh jackie o'quinn's gonna be there he's got a big bow fishing guide service he puts on uh we're gonna be there we're gonna have some deer heads and stuff that come talk to us about you know and just come talk to us we like to meet everybody yeah Uh, we're we're looking forward to talking to everybody and hopefully Hopefully this is an event that they can continue to grow and have year after year. Yeah, I think that's the plan for it. And they're going to be doing a big uh, give. There's going to be some, uh, you know, raffles for a good cause with, uh, you know, the, the it's just we're, me and Matt's going to uh, raffle off and give away a snagging paddlefish snagging trip. Uh, there's going to be all is, kinds of different things. And that is for Kidney for Chrissy, by the way. So if you guys want to come, I think this is silent auction. I may be wrong, but I'm no, going to say I, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I think uh, that's what they're doing. Yeah. So get out there and help her. She could really use the help on that. Yeah. Bless so. her heart. And, and that's why, I mean, you know, we're trying to do all we can do to help her out. That's another big reason why, you, why we're doing this but you can always message the ozark traditions tv facebook page somebody will get back with you if you have any questions on any of this so don't be afraid to do well i think from all of us here at ozark traditions uh we definitely want to thank matt sherman for jumping on here with us tonight man i really appreciate it hey thanks for having me i always i always enjoy talking hunting hunting with other uh, like-minded guys so yeah blast. well and maybe yeah. we opened up the, the eyes to some people on the public land deal and uh 
you know, we'll for sure have to get on here and do this again. And anybody listening, if you if you feel like you'd be interested in to us about stuff, just message us. Like like Justin said, message OTTV Facebook page or any of us. Uh, we would love to talk to people on here. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get trying to get out there and spread the word about how about hunting and, and the TV show and what we're trying to promote. So anybody that thinks they might want to come on here and BS with us for an hour, don't be afraid to message us. Yeah, that is true. Or well, if thanks. you just have a question, you know, we take a fan question every week. So, yep. Yep. That is true. And we would love for you to, to subscribe to the Apple podcast, and Spotify and iHeartRadio. We usually try to drop one. Every Friday at 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. And one more so, thing before we leave. If you're on YouTube, check out Man vs. Deer. Matt put some good stuff on there. He's he's a It's a great YouTube channel. And if you're wanting to have a European mount done, or uh, what else? Is that all you do, Matt? Or do you any? I mean, I know you do the turkeys, too. Uh, I do. I do European mounts for deer. I do antler plaques. If you don't want like a full skull mount, I do antler plaques. I do turkey tail fan mounts with or without the skull. And something I'm doing different for turkeys this year, because turkey fan mounts are big, right? You can't have like a ton of them on your wall. I got something really neat I do with a piece of rawhide, a shotgun shell, your beard, and your spurs. I'll whiten and bleach the spurs. I'll put it all together like a, a keychain holder. But I do those pretty cheap for like 25 bucks, I think. Really? But I, I also well, there make, uh, yeah. I also make custom plaques and stuff like that too. So if you've got an idea, if, you know, if you don't know if I do something, just shoot me a message because we can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Don't, so it, it, yeah. don't if anybody's one is interested in something like that, it's taxidermy, taxidermy by Matt. Check him out on Facebook or message Matt Sherman. I mean, he does a great job. I know Matt Miller. You've had a turkey done by him, and it turned out great. Yep, yep. Really pleased with that. I appreciate the shout outs, guys. Also, if you're uh, if you're going on YouTube and you're gonna check out the man versus deer stuff and you haven't already, you gotta make sure you subscribe to that YouTube page. You guys drop a, a lot of videos and they're good good videos, good group of guys. So if you haven't done that already, uh, make sure you do that too. Yep. Hey. Yep, yep. Hey, thanks to Matt Sherman for Man versus Deer and Jeff Helton. For the listener's question of the show, and for TJ, Matt, and myself, Justin, we'll see y'all next week. Ozark Traditions TV would like to thank you for joining in to this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in on our next weekly podcast as we bring the outdoors inside. From all of us at Ozark Traditions TV, we thank you for listening. And remember, if you see us out in God's country, stop us. We'd like to meet you. In the great outdoors